This is Word for the Week, exploring a balanced view of Scripture for the wholeness of life, for wisdom, understanding, and growth. It has been said, we can live three minutes without air, three days without water, three weeks without food, and one second without hope. Hope is the expectation, no matter how slight, that a good outcome is possible. Hope is the desire, no matter how fading, that good will ultimately happen. Hope is the motivator to action, the meaning in living, the light at the end of the tunnel. All hope is not equal. Hope is only as solid as its foundation. Hope can be short-lived or last in eternity. Hope can be hollow or full, foolish or wise. Hope can be small or huge, petty or noble. Hope can disappoint or vindicate. Hope can shame or save. It has been said we can live three minutes without air, three days without water, three weeks without food, and one second without hope. Hope is living, and hope has a name. Welcome to Word for the Week, where we take a deep dive into a single word from a human and godly perspective. And of course, you can view this on Facebook or YouTube or listen to it on a podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Tunes, Apple Tunes now. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, you can get to any of those places from uh, the church website if you want, Mm canoncommunity.org. So that all being said, let's move on to the question that leads in from uh, the little video that we saw or and or heard. <laughs> Can we survive without hope? Okay. And that was in that little monologue, which, uh, you know, kind of letting you know behind the scenes of this is that in, in making that the inspirational uh, sources were, I hit a wilderness survival site and they had um, the the three rule they call the principle of threes for surviving, uh, and that tied into how that was written, uh, huh. co- combined with a quote from Hal Lindsey, and that was kind of the the uh, capper to it, the idea you can't survive more than one second without hope, being totally devoid of hope. So mm-hmm. all of that played into this this little uh, monologue, uh, this little piece we had in advance. But let me get your impression. Here we are, okay, from our own lives, and we've lived long and wise lives oh, yes. ourselves. <laughs> long uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you think? From our experience in life, do you feel um, that we cannot live without hope? No, we cannot. I can cite my years working at Chimo, a 
uh, crisis hotline, and I had the late, late shift, and right. folks would call in there with just horrible things going on in their life, and they just reach a point because they've got nothing. They think they have nothing. And yeah, which is a really good point because I found that too in in things dealing with people that uh, have attempted suicide or whatever, either pastoral or even friends. But it's doesn't have to be all the time. Like even somebody who's mm-hmm. complaining about life, I mean, they can be depressed. But we're talking about that point in which you are completely devoid Black, of just, hope, yeah. and it can be momentary, like you say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the worst hours, and that's what you're getting at that 12 to 4 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. If you've had uh, bad thoughts, it's like 3 in the morning when right. you can't go to sleep. Right. Something's so, keeping you. And that, that's all it would take is <clears throat> even yeah. though they would come back to some level of hope in that moment, mm-hmm. they are completely without hope. Mm-hmm. So it really kind of supports how Lindsay, doesn't it? Maybe they mm-hmm. last longer than a second, but mm-hmm. it, it's the impulse uh, many a time, the impulse that finally hits. Yeah. Uh, now, some things are premeditated, but for the most part, that would be the way it was. Now, yeah. y- you were talking about in the past, I know we go back even as far as the 70s talking about some of that stuff. Yeah. But how about uh, something you've come across recently uh, you found a COVID article, right, right. and um, you said, "Hey, let's read a, a piece yeah. of this." So, uh, just to show that things haven't changed at all. The pandemic's long and continuing arc has made it harder for people to process it," says Eileen Weisengarten, a marriage and family therapist in Los Angeles, who has seen patients sobbing over Omicron, whether or not they've been exposed to it. It's the relentless, relentlessness of it. She said, we're still absorbing the shock of March 2020, but we're still in it. The Mm. normal trajectory of a trauma that resolves is you go through it and you may may repeat it over and over in your head. And that aspect fades after time and then ultimately it gets metabolized into your system. Mm -hmm. But if it doesn't, it's trapped in your nervous system and you're reacting to it all the time. Mm. And the narrowing of people's lives over the past two years contributes to a more depressive outlook, she says. You don't see the world in a wide way. You don't see context. It has an immense mental health toll, immense, with Omicron in particular. There's but a spike in there's been a spike in disheartened feelings, feelings of helplessness and hopelessness. Yeah, so it uh, doesn't surprise anyone that uh, the whole COVID thing. You know, mm-hmm. when you're uh, reading that, it was making me think, too. Um, in uh, in my research, I was looking at a number of uh, pod, looking at, listening to a number of podcasts. And it is amazing how many, when I looked up topic, hope, yeah. and I looked it up, how many were done either at the um, beginning of 2020 or in the change, you know, around 2021 when it was changing. Uh, A lot of them, and of course, all dealing with the the whole COVID thing. But we're talking about hope and not being able to survive without hope. And we're starting to uh, become convinced a little, I guess, if we say what we've looked at so far. But what we haven't done is go back and say, what exactly is hope anyway? What is hope? How do you define it? Okay, the dictionary's definition is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. And the old archaic uh, definition was a feeling of trust. Okay. 
So there we go, a feeling of expectation or desire for some certain outcome. Uh, how about yourself? Because this is the thing with hope. I found um, some things that would agree with that definition and some say mm -hmm. maybe they didn't agree. So and what are you? Do you agree? What and it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> in, in what way? Well, if it's the Christian hope, then to me, that that's not even a feeling so much as it's a, a certainty. It's a, uh, something I base my every day on you mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. but you could like we're we're hoping we can afford to get a new car soon <laughs> <laughs> they're talking about a false hope <laughs> <laughs> but i mean we hope for all those kinds of things mm -hmm. too you know we say we hope for this and we hope for that which is an entirely di different you know a different type yeah mm -hmm. the context I guess I would say I'd agree, even in the most general way with it, uh, with this qualification for me, is that hope can be no greater. In this case, I'm talking quality of hope uh, and scope of hope, really. Hope is no greater than the object in which you place that hope. Right. Um, you kind of hit on it, in the, even in the, in the secular side, if you take that angle, is, is that if I'm hoping... Um, uh, that I'll I'll be able to to get a new car because magically the 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 prices are going to go down in the next year. It, it's it's kind of a pretty shaky hope. Uh, yeah. That you could say the same thing religiously because quite frankly, there's good theologies and bad theologies out there. Yeah. And uh, I might get uh, you know uh, really kind of pummeled for for saying something like this, but just take the the whole thing with covid mm. is um there are some folks that we we just hope in the lord and and then take no precautions of any kind mm. and um i don't think that's very good science or theology uh, you know mm. uh, it's like it, it's almost jesus <laughs> uh, you know when satan brought him to the top right. of the temple and said uh, jump off um, Don't tell me. <laughs> yeah. You know, you shall not test the Lord your God type of mm -hmm. thing. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying that we can't trust the Lord because ultimately sure. we have to anyway. But I think he gave us some some power to think for ourselves as well. Yeah. Getting at that if your hope, even if it's in the Lord, but it's in a completely misunderstood way, yeah. is really not much of a hope either. Yeah, that's so, true. So there, that's what I'm saying. The quality of the hope can be no greater than the quality of the object in which you place the hope right. uh, in that understanding. But if that's true, and, and if there's no drive-by shootings where people hear this and come like, um, mm -hmm. and they, they agree a little bit. I or, hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but if it's true that if the object of hope defines the quality of hope, now let's bring God into that picture. How do you... How would you say, if that's true, hmm. the quality of the object determines the quality of the hope? How does that play out with God? Well, God, by definition, is absolute and ultimate. So that makes the biblical God all or nothing, you know, when it comes to hope. I mean, yeah. And, and you know, uh, I have to say, this is where I have some latitude is when people talk somewhat disparaging of, you know, uh, of uh, a Christian hope, I don't blame them. They're being, they may not be alive in the Lord, but they're being honest is that yeah. the, the people who are nominal are the ones who are, I think, the most uh, deluded. Mm 
mm. if I may say. Yeah. Because God, just by definition, he's either everything or nothing. Hmm. And if we place our hope in someone, some power that is everything, then, you know, that's that's a pretty solid hope going on there. Right. Um, but we'd have to, you know, okay, uh, if you believe that, prove it type of thing. And I guess I would just say, if we look at history, um, after 2,000 years, there's quite a parade of people who rate to their dying breath said, yes, God is a hope you can trust. Right. So I'm afraid everybody can put their, you know, their chips down where they, they may. But I'll say, yes, mm-hmm. history has proven that. So, Well, uh, tell me, did you find anything in your, anything interesting in your research about yeah. this word? Hope, because we use it so often, mm. uh, we don't even think about it. Kind of, kind of like love, you know, yeah, I love this and I love, I love that. that. And even love is there's it's one of those things that got questioned. I mean, you know, you even have the science. What is love? You know. Yeah, that's a second time you're saying, saying that song. Don't like. sing it anymore. <laughs> never again. But the word hope is we never stopped to define it. We, yeah. I mean, we we just say, oh, I hope, and and off we go. Yeah. Uh, but I did find. Uh, some things, if you ask if it was interesting, yes, it was interesting that some of the things I found were unexpected. And for somebody who's studying the Bible and has been for years, when you find the unexpected, it is, it's very intriguing. So, yeah, as a matter of fact, some of what I found, I think I'm still sitting back and processing it a little bit. Huh, like what? Yeah. Well, uh, remember last week we were talking about the love uh, uh, chapter. We were talking about love as defined by, from First Corinthians Thirteen, And we weren't surprised that we know that, okay, people, um, you can almost see it. There's all of these Semitic people living out in the desert. They didn't have a lot to say. Yeah, <laughs> Life right. was pretty practical. So the vocabulary of the language was was fairly Spartan. They, they right. were people of practical but few words. As opposed to the Greeks who just yeah, to sit yeah, around. Yeah, uh, sit around and talk. Yeah. Those Greeks could talk. <laughs> So, um, as a matter of fact, they were professionals at it. So, it's not surprising the language is robust. So, it's not surprising that we actually had like six words with different nuances, um, quite a bit of a different concept on the word love in the Greek as opposed to the Hebrew, which was, there were a couple of words. I was even surprised we found a couple. Mm. So, what really surprised me is when I started even just a quick search in this, it was the ancient Hebrew, the Spartan language, that had six or seven um, different words for hope. Yeah. And in the in the Greek, in the ancient Greek now, there were nuances that they set up by context. But there were, from what I found, I found only one root word for hope. So really? it would reverse. It was like seven yeah. Now seven for the uh, Hebrew and one for the Greek. <laughs> I was just very surprised in that. Yeah. Um, and, and I'd like to kind of explain it, validate it. Feel free to call, you know, send me uh, an email and correct me or rude remarks or whatever on this. But here's just quickly some of the things I found. I was going to ask you, Kath, to, to, to go back and, and have you read through some. And there's some other things I just want to point out. Read through some of the... Um, um, uh, scripture. A scripture, Old Testament, which would have been, of course, originally in, right. in the ancient Hebrew. Okay. We've got Psalms 33, 17 through 22. The war horse is a false hope. 
for salvation, and by its great might it cannot res rescue. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Okay, well, we've got two words dealing with hope in there, and both of them, uh, you know, in the one passage alone, and uh, the, the main word in there actually deals with the idea of patience or trust. Like you talked in, uh, about the archaic meaning in English, the word right. trust. Well, that was a key component in the ancient huh. Hebrew. Uh, in this word, it, it had a lot to do with be patient and trust that, uh, you know, in this case, God would would come through. So we find that word. And now um, just a little bit later than Psalms, we have proverbs being written so i thought i'd have you read some of that proverbs ten twenty eight, the hope of the righteous brings joy but the expectations of the wicked will perish proverbs 23 17 17 18 let not your heart envy sinners but continue in the fear of the lord all the day surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off now in there there's actually two uh fairly different words for hope being used there. Uh, one deals with what you long for and, and expect, and the other one deals straight out with expectation. Um, but let's just continue on in this. Okay. So there you have Proverbs. So we have um, Psalms, you're into David. Proverbs, you're getting into his son. So it's mm -hmm. like a generation down. Now let's go down several generations and have right. you read uh, some of Jeremiah. the prophets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah seventeen thirteen. O Lord, the the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be put to shame. Jeremiah thirty one seventeen. There is hope for your future, declares the Lord, and your children shall come back to their own country. And then Ezekiel thirty seven eleven. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. And we are indeed cut off. Okay, <clears throat> and now we're we're kind of moving into uh, another word there of something that is waited for, gathered together, mm -hmm. but more of a confidence becomes a, a nuance in the idea of what you're hoping for. There's more of an expecting hope that's going on here. Mm -hmm. um, some of the words that, that type of hope is only used, it seems, relating directly with God and others are just an expectant hope. But we've gone from, uh, if we go back several hundred years, se mm -hmm. several centuries, we start with hope being the idea of patience waiting upon the Lord. And then as it becomes somewhat more urgent, I would say, by the time we hit Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Yeah. Not surprising that this is the point when the whole nation is, is going into uh, um, uh, dissolution is being dissolved. Um, right. Uh, so, so hope is a really big issue there. So, you mentioned earlier that you're still processing this stuff. What conclusions have you come to? If you've come to, <laughs> well, what if any have you come <laughs> yeah. from this? Well, uh, I think basically when I when I looked at it, uh, what I was finding that um, it made sense. Um, that the evolution, or, and it's not that all those words didn't exist through the, the span of, of the Hebrew history. Mm -hmm. It's just that the word, the nuance they, they tended to use changed over time, which made sense because the situation changed sure. over time, what yeah. they had. 
But uh, and in the idea, as I thought about this strange turnaround, why they had in such a Spartan language had so many words that were devoted to hope made sense because their whole history, the whole living situation has always been about hope. It starts, you know, the hope for a promised land, the hope for protection against uh, stronger enemies, the, the hope for reestablishing the nation once it did break, uh, hope for a Messiah. There's all of these things where they were simply waiting and depending on hope was the lifeline for so much. Well, their life revolved around God. I mean, it was just, you know, so. Uh, but in a different way, when we go yeah. into the New Testament, in theirs, it was more of this Terry, uh, this this the hope Hope was their relation with God in a different way than when we hit the New Testament. Now, mm-hmm. I think I can maybe um, prove the point a little bit or illustrate it might be better. Yeah, well, it, that, that makes sense. Uh, if there's a single word for hope in the New Testament, I guess. Um, yeah, is, can... is it, give, us, give us a read on these New Testament passages and let's see how it's a little bit different. Okay, Matthew 12, 20 and 21. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench, until he brings justice to victory, and his name the Gentiles will hope, and in his name. Acts two twenty five and 26. I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. Yep. So, hmm. uh, in looking at these, uh, as far as you know, pattern. One thing is interesting is that the the two that were fairly strong. You'll notice they're in quotes. They are both references back to the Old Testament. Yeah. So this makes it even more intriguing to me because you have. Old Testament thoughts in the New Testament in a new language. And, and they're the same word? Uh, well, they're going to be, uh, yes, the, the, I, in the Greek. Um, elpis would be the root word. I mean, when you deal with the grammar, there are little variations, but it's the one word. And it comes down to this. is It always refers to a confident expectation. And in that expectation is a confident expectation of something pleasurable or an anticipation of something pleasurable. And maybe that's the word is even even though there was an expectation in the hope in the Hebrew, it seemed anticipation is something that's a little stronger when we hit the Greek in the New Testament, Okay. Uh, at, at least from what I've I've seen in there. And uh, something that'll maybe even bring this out a little more uh, is this: is is we last week we talked about love and and the great love chapter, right? Yeah, First Corinthians thirteen. Thirteen. <laughs> yeah. So the the First Corinthians thirteen, and I'm making quote marks in the air for those who um, care to win. So well, listening to the podcast but not being able to see uh, the First Corinthians thirteen chapter. For hope, the great hope chapter would have to be Romans 5. And what's interesting, well, we'll see as we look through this, uh, there's some really interesting things in there. But I was wondering if uh, I can get you to to read the the, the, uh, um, section of the chapter for us. 
Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produce endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Okay, so what do you pull from there? Well, last week we learned from 1 Corinthians that Paul considered the three greatest spiritual capacities of the entire Bible as faith, hope, and love. Yep. And here we find all three of them are working together on one passage, and hope is actually the product of the other two, it would seem. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing thing, is that uh, in the definition you have the big three, and here they show up again, only the angle now is not highlighting love, but um, hope, uh, and it's an amazing thing going on there. Uh, and, and really, it starts taking us in. Like we were talking about the definition, and, and you um, you got into the Christian definition a little bit. And I was saying generally, I think you can use the same definition, but the context changes, of course, when you're a Christian or whether you're not. Right. But the secular view, um, that will, obviously there's a number of them, but what I found is, some of the, the more jaded, if I may use that word, yeah. views of hope are even are in the professional world. Now, I'll give you an example. Is once again, in the research of this stuff, um, there was a whole discussion going on uh, of, of a person who was losing hope. And they were talking about hope. And when this therapist chimed in on this whole thing, mm. her take on on the very concept of hope was fantasy and daydream is um, hope was this thing she saw for those who remained non-moving, those who were inactive. It was a way to simply rationalize this. What you need to do is stop daydreaming and do something productive, proactive, uh, practical. So uh -huh. that, that was her take on the very concept of hope. Hmm. And I thought that's pretty good. It led us into a question. It's good in that way, that it led right, us into right. a question, is that is hope, uh, you know, in the general sense, is hope that is based on some form of inaction, i.e. waiting, Terry, or whatever, is hope based on inaction always a false hope? I don't think scripture would totally disagree. There's verses like Proverbs 24 um, I observed and took it to heart. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and need like a bandit. Okay. So laziness, recklessness, or even cowardice can be rationalized as hope. Yeah, so <laughs> so she's not totally wrong. Right. It's in saying, the, yeah, just when you just say it like that and not... Uh, and it's, I guess it's but, what your foundation is. Of yeah. course, there's Psalms would agree with her. Yeah. Um, uh, or Proverbs, I'm Proverbs, sorry. Yeah. But you remember in Psalms 33, 17, when we were talking about words, the opening the opening was Psalms 33, 17. And mm -hmm. it said, uh, a war horse is a false hope. Yeah. 
And <clears throat> the, that was an extremely strong word uh, that was used for false hope. There was more like the word sham. It was like, you know, it was like, you know, when you get those calls and somebody's trying to sell you uh, 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 an extended warranty on your car. Yeah, that's happened. But so it was a very strong word. And in this case, what was being said in Psalms was, depending on your own strength, depending on your own practical output, is a sham, is a false hope. So there is also from Scripture the opposite that is being said that, yeah, yeah no, just being practical isn't the big answer. That's so. a, a good point. Um, David in the Psalms makes the argument of presenting real hope as a patient waiting on the Lord. And Considering he ushered in the golden age of ancient Israel, he certainly wasn't lazy or cowardly. So what makes the difference between a lazy hope and a wise hope when it comes to waiting? Oh, and isn't that an excellent question? Uh, I, I've, so. I, <laughs> I mean, asking, have you ever been there? Because you hear, uh, if you're in Christian circles all the time, well, I'm waiting on the Lord. And sometimes that's genuine sure, wisdom, and sure. sometimes you're going, oh, I don't know, I, I'm starting to smell a sham here, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, to put it in maybe the the straightest terms, it would for me would be it depends on the object of one's hope. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we covered that a little bit in the beginning, but just for another illustration. I can never get away from airplanes. Somehow they work into everything yes. I ever talk well, about. 18 years, I know. I kind of get you. Uh, but when you think of it, a runway is, is only a highway that's two miles long and then comes to a very abrupt end. Yes. So when you're sitting in an airplane and it's it's get, taking off, uh, even as a passenger, you're back there. Mm-hmm. Um you're hurtling at somewhere around 150 miles an hour, give or take. And this end of this highway is coming up very quickly. And your hope is you will be in the air before you reach the end of the pavement. Mm -hmm. But the object of your hope really isn't in the situation. The object of your hope is really an aeronautical science that right. people at this point discovered how a wing flies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, An expertise on the pilot. Right. Well, hopefully. <laughs> you really hope on that. And uh, the design of the aircraft is based on the science. So you're putting mm-hmm. your hope in all of that stuff. So your hope is pretty solid enough that you're willing, you know, you'll bet your life on it. Right. So even in the secular sense, you know, you can have a solid hope in something. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm thinking on the other hand, what uh, different places you've seen this where obviously they don't have much hope in them working, you know, where they ha- make a ramp um, going off a pier or something into the water and they have a contest and people make planes uh, out of like uh, uh, cardboard boxes and bathtubs and mm-hmm, all kinds of crazy. Mm-hmm. They really don't expect them to fly. They don't have much hope in those, mm-hmm. and rightly so. So you can have a hollow hope, and you can have a pretty solid hope. You know, right. So if we tra- transfer that premise to God, if we're acting within God's will, and God's all-powerful and all-wise, how could hope be more solid than that? Right. And of course, it's going to come down to how well and what direction we've taken with God. But the biblical 
definition of a divinity is that they are omnipotent, you know, and right. uh, and omniscient. So he's, you know, whatever he tells you, you can you can have a pretty solid hope in that. Right. And of course, that's where we stand. You say, well, how do you? You might say, okay, that's fine for you if you want to believe in a god. Uh, but if I don't, you can't blame me. Well, that's true. But we have to say, and the uh, I'll go with Jesus's argument. Here's <laughs> Jesus. He's standing uh, uh, surrounded by these Pharisees and, and Sadducees who don't want to believe him. Mm-hmm. And so he, he offers this argument in his own lifetime. John, John 10, uh, 37 starts, If I am not doing the works of my father, then do not believe me. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, rational. But if I am doing them, even though you do not believe me, Believe the works themselves so that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. In other words, <laughs> hard to argue with success. Yeah. And my my argument, if you would, would be that after 2,000 years, there's a lot of people who, to their dying breath, have felt they've experienced a, a, a truly existing biblical God. Mm-hmm. So um, that, to me, is a little hard to argue with. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty hard <clears throat> to dismiss it. So, okay, in a nutshell, here's what I get from our discussion. By God's definition, hope is not the power to go on, but the motivator behind it. Hope is not belief in God, but the product of that belief. Hope is no greater than what we place our hope in, Hope is definitely needed to live. Yeah, which was our first uh, question. Do do we go right. along with Hal Lindsey? Is it the one <laughs> second thing? Mm-hmm. And we say what he's getting at is true, is is yes. And and I would still go back and stipulate. I say, you know, with people who are chronically depressed or whatever, there is still some level of ragged, tattered hope that they keep going in some form. Mm. But you in your crisis hotline or or some of the people that I've known in my own experience, it can maybe even just be momentary. Mm-hmm. But when people lose the last shred of hope, yeah. no, they, they, they stop existing. Yeah. They, they just, uh, yeah. life kind of ends, so. Uh, I would say that's that is how it works, and agree with you that uh, those were kind of the points we were on. Next question. I'm hoping mm. for a good one. What's the highlighted song for this week? Well, it's very unique. Our pick this week. Okay, in what way? It's the first time we picked a song we haven't performed it, <laughs> but this song fit so well with the theme for today and the Sunday's message that we wanted to share it in advance. I wonder if we should be like um, um, Voodoo or, you know, some of the, the movie places. that This hasn't even hit the theaters yet, so you have to pay more for it. <laughs> but I guess twice zero is still zero, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, great song. It even matches up to the uh, sermon uh, and message we're going to do on, on Sunday, Dealing mm-hmm. with Hope. But the uh, song is entitled, Hope Has a Name. Right. Um, and of course, you and your and your talent have uh, expertly embellished this song up for us, and we've done it to the exceptional piano playing of Dan Musselman. So, yeah. if uh, if Dan, we love you, Dan. Just so you know, but we stole your recording and turned it into our theme song. <laughs> so that's it. So until next week, 
Don't lose hope. And enjoy this song. And we'll, oh, and Happy New Year. May it be blessed, you and your family, and see you in the new year. Yeah, we'll see you next year. <laughs>
Oh, Christ, be praised. I have been. 